everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Heart Podcast. It's James Rudd here. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Dr. Maui Tang from the Harbin Medical University, Harbin in China. And his group has just published a paper which is called The Effects of Salt Substitutes on Clinical Outcomes, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis. And Dr. Tian was also behind the SAS study, which is the Salt Substitute and Stroke Study, which is published in the New England Journal of Medicine. And we have a great discussion about that study and also about this recent meta-analysis and systematic review in which he attempts to tease apart the links between salt substitution, uh, stroke, blood pressure, and what plans are for the future. And this can have a really big impact, I think, on global health, uh, given the effect that substituting salt uh, can have on these endpoints. I hope you enjoy the discussion and please feel free to leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. Well, it's a great pleasure to welcome you, Dr. Tian, to the podcast today. Um, I wanted to get you on to talk about a paper that you've just had published in Heart, which is called The Effects of Salt Substitutes on Clinical Outcomes, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis. Maybe we can start off by having you introduce yourself, Dr. Tian, for the Heart audience. Um, who are you? Where do you work? And, and what do you do? Sure. Uh, thank you very much, James, for this opportunity. Uh, so my name is Mao Yi. Uh, I'm currently appointed as a faculty member in the School of Public Health of Harbin Medical University in China. But I'm also a uh, honorary senior fellow at the George Institute for Global Health in Sydney, Australia. So prior to my current appointment, I have been working in the George Institute for over 10 years. Uh, and my research interest is primarily focusing on the prevention and management of non-chemical diseases injury, but using a health system lens. So specifically, that includes the research areas in food policy, primary health care, and healthy aging. Perfect. And can you talk a little bit about this particular paper? And maybe as an introduction, sort of what's known about the relationship between salt consumption, hypertension, and stroke. And I know you've been involved in a much larger study called the SAS study. Maybe you could give us a little bit of background as to what's already known, and then we'll start talking about this particular paper. Basically, there are heaps of evidence in the literature that showing the high sodium consumption is associated with high blood pressure levels. And there is also a really strong association between lower potassium consumption and higher blood pressure levels. So in addition, the blood pressure levels, as we know, is a major risk factor for cardiovascular diseases, including stroke. There is very clear evidence from previous randomized controlled trials. If you reduce the sodium or add potassium to your diet, you will get a blood pressure lowering effect. So the salt substitute is a reduced sodium um, enriched potassium salt products, basically combines these two effects in one. So once again, there is a very clear evidence that you get a blood pressure lowering from multiple randomized controlled trials, but there is no robust evidence about the effect of the salt substitute on the cardiovascular events. So the recent completed salt substitute and stroke study, which is called SARS-12, uh, aimed to define the effects of the salt substitute compared to a regular salt on the stroke, major cardiovascular events, and total mortality. And uh, over five years follow-up, we found those using the reduced sodium in risk potassium salt substitute, the stroke risk was reduced by 14%, and total cardiovascular events risk reduced by 13% and premature deaths uh, reduced by 12%. So this is what we found as we published in the New England Journal 
uh, of medicine last year um, based on the SARS study. Okay, so that, I mean, that sounds a fairly definitive study to me, published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Um, what was the reason for this subsequent systematic review and meta-analysis then? What was the reason behind going on to do this further work? Yeah, so as I just briefly explained, uh, prior randomized trials demonstrated that reduced dietary sodium consumption or potassium supplementation can lower deep blood pressure levels yeah. and the salt substitute in which um, a proportion of the sodium chloride is replaced with the potassium chloride and combines these two blood pressure lowering effects. But most of the trials of the salt substitute done so far have addressed the blood pressure lowering effects okay. and only recorded the cardiovascular events and deaths as adverse events in very, very small numbers. And there is priorial systematic reviews of salt substitute reporting that clearly beneficial effects on blood pressure levels, but the effects on the clinical outcomes and the risk of premature death is unknown, primarily due to the limited data available. So um, the benefits of the salt substitute on the clinical outcome, as I just explained, seeing the SARS trial are mediated primarily by the blood pressure reduction. So comparing the effects of the salt substitute on the blood pressure across the SARS trial and the other salt substitute trials will provide some insight into the likelihood whether the effects on the clinical outcomes as we observed in the SARS trial can be potentially replicated in the other population subgroups. So based on those backgrounds, we conducted this systematic review and meta-analysis, and we sought to summarize the effect of the salt substitute on blood pressure and clinical outcomes for all available trials as we identify from the literature, and further to assess the consistency of the findings across diverse population subgroups and the geographies, whether this blood pressure reduction-mediated effects of the soft substitute can be replicated in a wide range populations. And we should say that the SAS study was a, a study based in China, is that right? And only in China? It is. It is only in the Chinese population. And it was a very interesting design, wasn't it? A cluster uh, randomized study. It is a cluster randomized control trial. Yes, it is. Yeah. 60 different villages across China. Yeah, we recruited nearly 21,000 participants. That is from 600 villages from five northern provinces. Perfect. And the, the follow-up time was also fairly long in that trial, wasn't it? So it was a definitive trial. Okay. Yeah, it was five years follow-ups. Five years. So if I can maybe summarize, you had robust data from certainly from China, um, including obviously blood pressure, but also some cardiovascular and total mortality, all-cause death outcomes. But you wanted to see whether by combining the SAS study in a meta-analysis, these results would be likely to be replicated across different geographies, across different people, uh, across the world. Okay, perfect. And um, how did you go about answering this question? What were the methods used in this current heart paper? Yeah. So in this study, basically as designed as a systematic review and a meta-analysis. So basically we searched major literature databases. So that including the MyLine, Embase, Cochrane database, uh, and we included the key terms of salt substitute, low sodium salt, 
reduced sodium salt and potassium salt. And we searched to the end of August last year uh, after the completion of the big SARS trial. Uh, and there was no restrictions on the population data or language. So we included uh, the parallel group, stepwise uh, randomized control trial or cluster randomized control trial which is reporting the effect of the salt substitute on blood pressure or the clinical outcome, which including the cardiovascular events or mortality. We then use meta-analysis and meta-regression to define the consistency of the findings across all trials, geographies, and patients' subgroups. And can you tell us your main findings, Dr. Tian? Um, what were the main results of the systematic review and meta-analysis? So basically, this study showed the salt substitute has very consistent benefits on the blood pressure levels across diverse population subgroups and geographies. We also found that the blood pressure mediated effects of the salt substitute on reducing the risk of stroke, major cardiovascular uh, events, and premature deaths are likely to be generalizable to population uh, both outside of China and beyond the SARS population, which is only conducted in China's population. Um, so this is the major finding that we found from this systematic review and meta-analysis. And how strong were these findings? You said they were consistent across populations. And also another question I have is, were the results dominated by the SAS study, given that it was such a huge study? Yeah, it, it will be. Uh, as, as you know, SAS taking the majority of the sample size in this analysis. Uh, as in the SARS trial, we include 21,000 participants. Uh, we only included a total of about 30,000 patients in this meta-analysis. So I would say perhaps, you know, the benefits of, of the blood pressure is very consistent, regardless whether there is a SARS trial or not SARS trial. But the findings we found, the effects on the clinical outcome perhaps will be driven by the SARS uh, study as there is a really limited data from the previous literature that reporting the effect of the salt substitute on the clinical outcomes. And were you surprised by any of the, the findings from the meta-analysis? Is this what you expected to find, or did anything come out as surprising to you? This is exactly what we are expecting to find from this <laughs> study, and there's no really no surprising results. Uh, all the results we identified uh, from this study actually confirm our hypothesis. So basically, that including there is a consistent benefits on the blood pressure and also the blood pressure mediated effects for the clinical outcomes are likely generalizable to the other diverse population subgroups. Uh, and the other thing that I forgot to address in the previous um, uh, responses is in this systematic review and meta-analysis, we actually found no evidence that higher dietary potassium was associated with any health harms. As in theory, there is a concern that uh, given the increasing potassium in the salt substitute, there might be a risk of developing the hypoglycemia. But our current data that showing that uh, there is actually no evidence showing there is any harms of the salt substitute on the risk of the hypoglycemia um, in the current studies. Yeah, that was interesting. I didn't realize that potassium increase 
and sodium reduction would both have a positive effect on blood pressure. I assumed it was just the sodium reduction. But it's interesting to say when you say that there's also evidence that increasing potassium can also help. Was there any clue from the study whether it is the lowering of sodium or the increasing of potassium, which is the one that's responsible for the the positive effect on blood pressure, or is that really not known still? It's still really difficult at this stage to differentiate the contributions of uh, the sodium reduction or the potassium supplementation. But we are not working on a secondary analysis of using the existing SARS trial trying to answer this research question. Is this driven by the potassium supplementation or it is primarily driven by the sodium reduction? And so what can you conclude from this study and, and what is next? You've already hinted at an extra analysis of the SAS trial, but are there any, as far as you know, are there any large randomized trials going on across different countries? Um, yeah. So basically from this uh, systematic review and the meta-analysis, we concluded the beneficial effects of the salt substitute on the blood pressure uh, across geographies or populations were very consistent. And in addition that the blood pressure mediated protective effects on the clinical outcomes are likely to be replicated across different population subgroups and to countries uh, apart from China. Um, so in terms of the next steps of the salt substitute, as you already indicated, we already conducted a really definitive trial um, using the SARS to identify the effect of the salt substitute on the clinical outcomes. So from our perspective, the next stage is we'll be seeing more future research in the implementation research of the salt substitute, which is to translating the evidence we identified from the, uh, from the previous studies into a real-world practice uh, in different diverse populations and uh, different countries. So that will be the focus of our next step research. And do you know what the salt substitute salt tastes like? Have you tried it yourself? I've, I must say I've never tried it, but I just wonder if if you're going to try and um, encourage people to use this on their French fries or whatever else they're cooking. If it doesn't taste as good, it's going to be harder. But if it tastes just the same, then it should be, you know, fairly easy. A bit like sugar substitutes you can buy uh, in the stores. You know, they actually taste pretty good, so most people will be up for using them. But do you know what this stuff tastes like? Yeah. So I switched to use the salt substitute a couple of years before in my family. Um, so um, we actually taste no difference oh, really? uh, from the regular salt. But we also see some um, reports from the study participants. They reported there is a lower salty taste of using the salt substitute. But that can be explained by they are pretty used to very high sodium diet in their previous cooking or, uh, you know, or eating patterns. So um, it varies, but most of the people that reported there is no difference in terms of the taste from the regular salt. Um, and I think this is a really interesting question in terms of what is the major barrier actually to skew up the use of the salt substitute. We actually identify from our previous research, taste is not a really major barrier. Um, to skew up the use of the salt substitute. But the barriers included the limited availability of the salt substitute, which is not a really widely available across the world. And most of the countries having the salt substitute available are actually in Central Asia and in Europe. But in the other continents or regions, 
So substitute is not really widely available. And in those countries who having the salt substitute available, the prices of the salt substitute is higher than the regular salt. And this is really consistent. Like in China, the price of the salt substitute is about doubled as the regular salt. And in other countries, we also observe the, the price difference can be like 20 times higher compared to the regular salt. Uh, and the other barriers that we'll be including, you know, there is a really lack of knowledge of the health benefits of using the salt substitute. And consumers are not aware the salt substitute is actually available on the shelf. Uh, even, you know, they do daily shopping, grocery shoppings. They still really realize there is another salt product available on the shelf. It sounds like it's, as you say, if the price could be brought down, if it tastes reasonably okay, I'm assuming people get used to it, you know, over a short period of time. And from your review and previous paper, it seems like the at least the population effect would be huge uh, in terms of, you know, blood exactly pressure right. reduction and and then obviously translating to, to stroke, heart attack and everything else being reduced as well. So brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Tian. It's been a, a great pleasure to discuss the paper with you. Um, if it's not free already, I will make it free for a few weeks after the podcast comes out so people can read it in detail. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing uh, what the next paper is out of your lab. So thanks very much for your time. Thank you very much, James. I'm very happy to chat with you today. Music